It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic podcast, Aaron Rodgers wants a divorce from the Green Bay Packers, allegedly. We take a look at past examples that actually left their teams for another, not all by choice. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. What's happening? Me and my squeaky chair, Behind the Mic podcast. NFL historians, this isn't for you. This is for those who don't know as much. So we are here to enlighten. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. Always here to learn. I don't know everything. I don't. Help me out. Billy Up Sports Podcast Network. BillyUpSports.com. This show, Behind the Mic Podcast. Search me on Spreaker, Apple Podcast. Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Those are the platforms, for the most part, that I am on. All right, let's get going. People move for different reasons, right? Always. Now, my wife and I, we just sold our house for different reasons. Several reasons, actually. We wanted something that was bigger. We wanted a house that was better. We wanted more space. I liked, didn't love, but I actually liked where we lived. Our area that we lived in, the street that we lived in, had some trustworthy neighbors. I love the Johnsons, by the way. I got to go by and see them. So, yeah, we just completed our sale of our house mid-January. And we've been, um, since mid-January, we've moved here in this house. Um, Actually, we completed in February. We moved here in this apartment, great apartment. I'm trying not to get attached. It's only about, what, two years old, if that. Um, we wanted something that was bigger, uh, bigger and better. We wanted more space. I wanted to live in a different part of town. Um, I, I wanted something different. I want a garage for a change. The house we sold was built in 1969 and was sold in 1970. All right. I wanted a better house. People wanted me to take the existing house and 
you know, flip it and change it. And maybe we, and even my wife was wanting to go up with it or back with it. And I had those good ideas, but I was like, I don't want that. I want something new. I want a toilet that nobody else has sat on. Even though I did have that when I first moved in that house, I was back and forth replacing carpet. We got our uh, floors done, hardwood floors, buffed and, and, and waxed and all of that stuff. I tore out the old toilet, put in a new one. But I'd like to be in a bathroom where nobody else has covered their feet in. You know, that's what I wanted. I want to live in a different part of town in a bigger and better um, house and one that has a two or three car garage and a backyard to my liking, an upstairs to my liking, and a room where I can do my show from with no interruptions instead of being in my bedroom doing this show. People move from job to job. Why? Because they want something that's better. They want to get uh, to another place. Sometimes that job is just kind of a, um, it, it's a, it's like, almost like a, it's a, it's a way station, you know, it's the in-between to where you will finally be at your goal. This job that you have at the point, this point in time is not where you always want to be. Some people are cool with being at Federal Express for 20, 30, 40 years. Not me, even though I'm 21 years in going on 22, this is not where I'm going to end my career. I wasn't going to drive a truck forever. I'm not going to work in the office forever. I will not be a forever employee and retire and go on to the next thing. I'm going in sports broadcasting, period. This, what I'm doing now, is just the start of something bigger and better. Some people move to improve, but then there's others who don't like their situation. Take Aaron Rodgers, for example. This is the genesis of today's show. He wants to move on, supposedly. Allegedly, he doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore. Some athletes, they move because they want more money. They don't like the coach. They don't like the organization. Now, Aaron Rodgers is upset with the front office, right? Now, this is a historical podcast. This isn't an opinionated podcast anymore. It's not. Uh, although you will get some here and there. But I do have some confusion as to why Aaron Rodgers is doing this all of a sudden, I have a simple answer for it. I'll give it at the end of the first segment. But my confusion is, okay, so, well, let's put it like this. The mindset is, well, Aaron Rodgers is upset mainly because of the Jordan Love thing that happened last year. You're not familiar. 2020 in the first round, knowing that they... Uh, which just came off an NFC championship loss to the 49ers in Rich. The 49ers ran the football like it just, I mean, like there was nobody standing there. I can't remember how many yards they ran for. It was like two, 300 yards or something like that. I don't remember the number. But the defense was not that great. Yes, they were in the NFC championship, but they got ran over, around, and through. I need more help. Now, most people point to... They should have picked a receiver last year. I was also in that camp. If you listen to any of my old shows through the old show that will continue eventually, um, that will remain unnamed because of where I'm at now. Um, they had so many receivers in that draft. Pick one. Okay. Well, you go to back-to-back -to -back NFC championship games. You lost 
to the eventual Super Bowl champion, but you had a shot to win it. Maybe if Aaron Rodgers runs it in instead of not running it in there in the fourth quarter, maybe you're in the Super Bowl instead of Tom Brady. But you go to back-to-back NFC Championship games. You won the NFL MVP in 2020. You threw 48 touchdowns, so I'm not sure you need a go-to receiver unless it's just that hard for you, even having Devontae Adams as one of your go-to receivers or having Aaron Jones as your running back, right? Well, yes, I think it does go back to the Jordan Love thing. We knew that that was a wasted pick. You picked your supposed heir apparent, Brian Gutekunst, the GM, you know, the GM is actually the the, the people uh, of the community of Green Bay. Gutekunst is the team president. He does make personnel decisions. He is the de facto GM. But you select a bunch of players, including Jordan Love, that didn't even play last year or hardly played, like the running back Jay, uh, A.J. Dillon that they selected out of Boston College. You selected a, a blocking tight end. Yes, the D was bad. You, you had some improvements. And even last year, that was the one defense that gave Brady problems. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won that game pretty much in the first two quarters. Second half, it was mostly Green Bay, except they shot their own selves in the foot. So I'm, I'm confused. There's some good stuff and then there's some bad stuff. But the Green Bay Packers are not dumb as an organization. They select some things. That's going to help build the team. All right. Could A.A. Ron wear another uniform next year? I don't know. Sports is cold. It really is. You look at the, the history of sports, not just pro football, but sports is cold. I mean, you either produce or you're gone, right? And there's no such thing as fair. No such thing as fair. Everybody doesn't get to ride off into the sunset like John Elway did after winning back-to-back Super Bowls and then going into retirement. Everybody doesn't have to be able to, they're not able to do the same thing that Peyton Manning did, even though his arm was done, nine touchdowns and 19 interceptions, I mean, 17 interceptions, winning the Super Bowl uh, and then retiring, because you had to. You're you're getting a little bit long in the tooth, as they say. You're getting older, right? Well, there's plenty of players that left because they were disgruntled with their other teams, with their their or either their original teams or maybe even the next team that they were playing for, right? I mean, I got the cold reception of sports through my 49ers fandom when I was younger. I didn't know about free agency and, and cuts and trades. I didn't pay that much attention. All I knew was that Joe Montana and Jerry Rice were wearing those uniforms and then they weren't. And I wasn't happy about that. There's no guarantees. So my thoughts on this and the genesis of this podcast, this show today, was basically trying to ask how we got to player movement and how basically others forced their way out. Now, I'm going to do a show probably next week. I'm not totally sure yet, but I was prepared to do the whole rundown of the history of free agency in the league and how everything got started. I, I studied all of that stuff and I got names and I got dates and places. But this right here just really drew my interest and I couldn't pass it up off the heels of the NFL draft. So 
course, he waits to the day of the draft to do this, right? <laughs> the day of the draft, hours before the NFL draft to drop this on, you know, on people. I don't know how somebody told this guy or this lady and it got to NFL Network and ESPN and everywhere else. It's here. All right. I'm in my living room and I know I'm, I'm in my bedroom and I know what happened. But you have players that force their way out. I always think about Kobe. I still remember uh, Kobe Bryant in the interview he had, uh, kind of an impromptu interview he had with Stephen A. Smith and discussing why he was so upset with the Lakers and him wanting to be traded. He wanted out of L.A. Thank God that didn't happen. So I went on a website, Overtime Online, and this is a U.K. website, sports website, and it was a post that was written by George Overhill, and it was entitled, It's Not Me, It's You, NFL Players Who Force Their Way Out, uh, pretty much referencing that and thinking about these examples, which they were all pretty recent. This isn't something that's super old. This isn't 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, 70s, 80s, something like that. But I'll start with the first one, Tara Owens. Now, I'm putting it in my own order, but Tara Owens, the Hall of Fame, the now Hall of Fame wide receiver who was with my 49ers, one of the reasons, I'm going to be honest and say it, one of the reasons why I'm not a 49ers fan anymore. One day we'll get a little bit deeper into that. He wanted out of San Francisco. He was an all-pro, Pro Bowl wide receiver, and he he wanted out of San Francisco. He was done with the 49ers. He forced his way out and ended up signing a seven-year contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, now we it's well documented that he and Donovan McNabb, the quarterback of the Eagles back then, did not get along. We know about the Super Bowl and, and everything that Owens did catching nine balls, 122 yards on a broken leg. You would think that everybody would be on his side. But we know that T.O. was a little touched, right? And T.O. basically wanted more money. And he caused problems. And he did sit-ups in the driveway. And eventually, the Eagles said, look, that's it. He was only a year into the seven-year deal that he signed because he wanted out of San Fran. Year two, he by year two, you know, he was basically on his way out. Of course, he went on to continue his Hall of Fame career with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's forget about the Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, which he was a lot quieter when he was there. But, um, I mean, he was one of those guys who forced his way out. T.O. finished his career still playing where, well, pretty well everywhere that he went. So, that's I mean, that's one of those Better examples, yet the dude himself, were, and he struggled to get in the Hall of Fame because of his attitude. He won't admit it, I don't think, but everybody else sees it. And speaking of attitude, being now a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, these next two hurt me to my heart. I know them well. Antonio Brown. Just out of nowhere, it just seemed like this stuff just hit just all of a sudden. But I'm going to go with A.B. first. He was an all-pro receiver with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Six straight seasons with 100 catches. Nobody else did that, right? He had issues with his quarterback, Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. And then it turned into money. 
He wanted more money. And not only that, there was jealousy. And I think that really was the genesis. They drafted Juju Smith-Schuster around that time. He was a lot more fun-loving, still is, than A.B. And A.B. was one of those fun-loving receivers not only did you like, you just loved watching him. That's the reason why it just kind of shocked me to see the way that he was acting out there towards the end of his tenure. Eventually, yeah, he wanted out as well. And it didn't help that Juju Smith-Schuster won the team MVP. I think that was back in 2018. So what happens? You should remember this story still got a little bit of fresh coat of paint on it. Only a couple of years old. He got traded in 19 to the Oakland Raiders, right? And then he goes there and things just go south. You thought things were going to turn around for him? No. He burns his feet in the cryer chamber. He wants to play with the helmet that's outdated. And then he gets fined uh, by Mike Mayock, what, $54 million for missing practices and things like that. He got fined out. The, but then they end up eventually letting him walk. And then you got the video of him talking about, I'm free, free. Now, that, that wasn't great. And, and, it would, and, of course, it got worse. Forcing your way out of a great situation and ending up with the New England Patriots only two games. My man did not make it with Oakland to the regular season. He didn't make it past preseason. Now, he opened up with the New England Patriots, and, of course, we know about the lawsuit, which that prompted the New England Patriots to get rid of him after Seven catches, 87 yards, a touchdown in two games. Out of football, then he gets brought back. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he wins the Super Bowl, and he was a pivotal part in the game itself as well as during the season, even though, you know, you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as being the main go-to guys, uh, a team of free agents, pretty much, led by one Tom Brady, who spent his entire career with the New England Patriots. Now the first year of him quarterback in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers leads them to a Super Bowl. And it was great seeing A.B. score a touchdown. When he scored that touchdown, I was on my knees with him with the, with, with the imaginary ball in my hand too. I was mad at him at first, but I was so happy to see him on top. That was great. Well, it turned out a little bit differently from the guy on the other sideline with the Kansas City Chiefs, Le'Veon Bell. At least he made it. That was great that Le'Veon Bell made it. But before all of that happened, if you don't know, you should know. El Bell was one of those all-pro running backs. He was probably the best offensive weapon for at least three years in the league. And, you know, just watching him in person, especially when he played against the uh, the Titans, I'm like, this dude, he can't be tackled. I mean, it's just, uh, just beautiful to watch him run. But all of that went out the window. Like I said, there are different reasons for people to leave or want to leave a team. His was money. Now, he had a great point because he was getting uh, the ball a lot. 400 touches, 406 touches, I think, in 2017. And what ended up happening, he wanted to be paid, compensated for his workload. And he even said at one point that he didn't want to have the ball that much. But since you're giving it to me, I need the money to match it. Anybody know what a franchise tag is? Franchise tag is when you take your best player and you put a sticker on his forehead and say, well, the price we're going to pay him, 
he's protected, is going to be the average of the top five at his position. We're going to pay him that. And he's going to be able to, we're going, that's going to give us an extra year to negotiate with him going forward. He's like, all right, that's fine. You tag me in 2017. They're going to do the same thing in 2018. He said, nope, did not report, didn't even play, sat out. No money, no moolah. The next year, he was a free agent, ended up going signing with the New York Jets. Everybody knew that that was not going to turn out great. The New York Jets are and still are terrible, were and still are terrible. We'll see what happens <laughs> going forward. But good luck, Zach Wilson. Um, so he, he got paid less with the New York Jets than he was asking the Steelers for. Go figure. And he disappeared from the map. That same offensive line in the, with the New York Jets, that same quarterback and coaching staff, you didn't have the same thing in New York as you had in Pittsburgh. <sighs> Got to say the Steelers probably won that round. Even though, uh, and, and here's the thing, he signed what, uh, I think it was a four-year deal? Yeah, four-year deal. He lasted a year in a, in a couple of games before he was released. They released Le'Veon Bell. Now the Kansas City Chiefs picked him up, and like I said, you got two of the two of the most prolific offensive players who want to leave their first team, and they end up signing with you know a second, third team, and they're pretty much not the same as they used to be. The prime is gone. I think AB is like thirty-two. I believe that uh, L. Bell is probably around the same age. I think, ah, uh, you know. You never know what you, you, you never miss something until you've lost it, right? One-year deals is what AB is operating on now. But that's history, right? Speaking of the New York Jets, here's another one. Jamal Adams. Okay, so I didn't have to do a whole lot of research for a lot of this stuff. But especially with this situation, Jamal Adams was the best player on one of the worst teams in football. That was coached by Adam Gase, who got his job. And yes, this is opinionated here because he sniffed the jockstrap of one Peyton Manning, period. That's it. He was in, you know, in, in smelling distance of his jockstrap. And that got him a job in, in, in Miami. And then even after he stunk in Miami, after only one good year, the New York Jets hire him in the same division, even after seeing this dude coach in the same division as you, I, I never understood that. But Jamal Adams did. Didn't like it. Did he act out? And, and, and was he not a great, was he not great, you know, as far as being a teammate at the end? No. Now, moving on to the Seahawks, he finally was, what, traded to the uh, the Seahawks for two first-round picks. One of those that turned into Zach Wilson, the second pick in the draft this year. Um, again, good luck, Zach Wilson. So now he's the safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Was hurt a lot, but he still played through all of it. The dude is good. Had nine and a half sacks as a safety. Phenomenal. They were one of the better defenses towards the end of the season. And with a year of being healed and He'll have a whole season to go with Seattle this year. We'll see what happens. But he did not want to play for a terrible team. Totally understand that. And speaking of the Seahawks, 
Earl Thomas, the last of the Legion of Boom, the last of the Legion of Boom. No more Richard Sherman, no more Cam Chancellor, no more Brandon Browner or Byron Maxwell. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. He's the last one. So that just to keep it simple, Earl wanted his money. Or, and he said, if you don't pay me, trade me. I mean, the guy was an elite safety. Notice I said was. He's not even on a team anymore. What does that tell you? Well, just to fill in the in-between, they wanted him to play his final year out. Earl said, all right, cool, but I'm not showing up to training camp and all that other crap. And he did not. Pretty much showed up there at the last minute, played the season four games in, he breaks his leg um, against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And he's on the opposite sideline. He's on the Cardinals sideline being carted off. And the image of him throwing up the middle finger to Pete Carroll on the sideline. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, what do you say to that? Like I said, football is cold. Sports is cold. They're going to squeeze everything out of you. And when you can't go no more, ah, darn. I guess you won't be performing no more. Now, he signed, as far as the franchise, the Baltimore Ravens franchise, the largest contract for uh, a Baltimore Raven in team history. What, four years, 55 million, 32 guaranteed. Played well that first year, right? And everything was going well all up until Derrick Henry stiff-armed him twice on the same play and had him running the same running to the end zone with Derrick Henry. Wow. It's never been the same since. And then there was the thing that happened with his wife and um and then the Chuck the Chuck Clark, the, his teammate, the fellow starting defensive back, the practice fiasco, then he was cut. He he was released. Released by the Baltimore Ravens. You you wanted out and you got out. Sometimes it's just not fair. Yeah, he wanted his money, but he got hurt. That's how he ended up out. Go figure. And sticking with the Seahawks, 
We know what the story of the offseason was. My man Dan Patrick just came. I came out of his uh, school of sports casting. Um, he's one of the best interviewers I've ever listened to, and I've listened to his show since day one. Um, and even before that, was listening on ESPN. But he is he he will prod and pick at you until he get what he get what he wants out of you. Not everybody gives it up though. And Russell Wilson for him to spill the beans. And it was it was kind of subtle, not so subtle. Yeah, don't you want to make decisions? You know, don't you? Because Deshaun Watson was wanting out. God bless his soul. Uh, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, and we know what story took over from there. But he wanted some say so because the organization wasn't necessarily truthful to him. And that's a year after he signs the big the big deal. Be right up under the nose of Patrick Mahomes, his second highest play, pay, paid player, second highest paid quarterback, paid player in the league. Then Russell Wilson pretty much says the same thing on Dan Patrick, and here come the flaming arrows. And then after that, maybe he wants out of Seattle all of a sudden. He's looking at trades. Teams are listed by his agent. You see how that happens? I mean, can I see Deshaun Watson in another uniform? If things work out for him, uh, as far as the legal stuff, I can see that. Russell Wilson, it'll be hard to see him outside the Seahawks uniform. But we're also kind of used to seeing that a little bit more now than way back then. You don't see that a whole lot. So, in the end, Aaron Rodgers, you know what I think with him, though? Is he upset with his organization? Of course he is. But I think he's just legit messing with Green Bay. You embarrassed me and and, and you you well, you you did not tell me that you were going to pick a quarterback in the first round of the NFL draft last year. And you picked a quarterback, surprising everybody. That was the story of the entire draft. I don't even remember right now. I'm not even trying to think about who the first pick last year was. But that pick, I know Jordan Love went to the Green Bay Packers. Okay, so how many of you played Tecmo Bowl? I mean, I'm 43 years old. I played Tecmo Bowl. I grew up playing the first Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl, or Super Tecmo Bowl, rather, um, when they had all of the teams and and all of the players on the team on the field at the same time, you know, 11 on 11 and more than just four plays. I still play it to this day, by the way. I still have a Nintendo. Get you one on Amazon. Anyway, I one thing that sticks out for me and just looking at the difference between now and back in the day for me would be the the uh the 80s, 90s. I could name pretty much my entire team. Now, look, there's nothing new under the sun. There have always been players that switch teams. Just not so often. And you've probably seen it at the end of the career. And I get that. But at the same time, I can say Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, John Taylor, Tom Rathman, Brent Jones, Harris Barton, uh, Bubba Parrish, Steve Wallace, Ronnie Lott, Charles Haley, Bill Romanowski, uh, Don Griffin, Daryl Pollard. You know, I could spit. The, the, the starting lineups up because they didn't change that much. They didn't. They didn't. They had years in a row 
where a lot of, especially the better teams, they stayed together. And that just prompted me to look at, you know, like I said, I'll say it again, sports is just cold, man. I had no idea about how guys could change teams. And the day that Leonard Marshall, the defensive end for the New York Giants in that NFC Championship game in San Francisco, I still am yelling if I see it on YouTube or on NFL Network. I'm like, Joe, get down. Montana never saw it coming. Broke finger, torn elbow uh, ligaments. He knocked, he pretty much, Marshall knocked Joe Montana out of a 49ers uniform forever. Even though he was gone for a year, Steve Young took over, and he stuck around. I still remember that. I think it was a, I can't remember if it was a Monday night game, I think it was. He finally got to come back in. That was the last time he played. And he played in relief of Steve Young. And then the next thing you know, he's with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, that, that hurt. That hurt. I didn't understand that at the time. I didn't understand that at the time. I wasn't ready for T.O. catching 21 passes against the Bears on Jerry Rice Day. That was the last day I was a 49ers fan, by the way. Okay? I finally said it. Maybe I've said it before. You're hearing it again. If you're hearing it for the first time, that's what it was. Jerry Rice Day was the last day that I was a 49ers fan. And that's the reason why. But look, I've compiled a list of... A lot of Hall of Famers, as well as just other players that played so long in these uniforms. And you'll see some of them on social media. It just looks weird, especially if you are. J.J. Yeah, Watt, when you say his name, it's synonymous with the Houston Texans. Number 99, Houston Texans. He plays for the Arizona Cardinals. We have yet to see him suit up for them yet. But when he does, it's going to be a little weird at first. This generation is a little bit different. But it's still odd seeing Tom Brady line up under center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Gronk went with him? I mean, it's just, oh God. Sometimes it's just hard to wrap your hand around. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Kick the music. All right, first one on the list. We're going all the way back to 1955. We talked about this gentleman as a Hall of Fame running back. Matter of fact, he's the second African-American player ever to be named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Marion Motley. He was one of the first two uh, uh, that came in, back into the league in, during the reintegration years in 1946. The 10-year uh, championship appearance of the Cleveland Browns mostly due to Marion Motley. Now the last season, 54 was his last season with Cleveland um, and he wasn't even effective. 53, he was all right. By 55, he was with the lowly Pittsburgh Steelers. And then that was it, that was the career. That was it. And speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you heard story time with Uncle Mike, yes, Johnny Unitas was a quarterback 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Didn't play, and he was traded away. I mean, not traded away. He he was he was let go by the Steelers, picked up by the Baltimore Colts, and then the rest was history, all the way up until 1974 when it was over with. Uh, 73, he was you know that was his last year with Baltimore. He's traded away to the San Diego Chargers. Wow, wow. Uh, y'all remember Super Bowl three? Probably some of y'all don't. Well, on one sideline was Johnny Unitas. He wasn't the starting quarterback. That would be Earl Morrill, the MVP of the NFL back in 1969. And, or 68 rather. The other sideline was the starting quarterback and probably the best player for the AFL back then, Joe Namath, the New York Jets. 12 years with the New York Jets he spent. And then he was waived in 77, picked up by the LA Rams. That was a weird photograph to look at just, you know, years ago. And I had seen it in so long and I pulled it up with Broadway Joe coming back. I mean, he probably should have started off there. But I mean, he is kind of Hollywood, but you go from New York to L.A., that's pretty good. But you still look weird in a Rams uniform. Speaking of the 70s, Franco Harris, the Hall of Fame running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Spent his whole 12 years in Pittsburgh, all the way up until he was released during training camp in 1984. Who picked him up? The first time I ever saw this picture, it was a it was one of those over-the-top huddle photographs with everybody in the circle, in the huddle, and you see number 34, and you see Harris across his back. And I'm like, that can't be Franco Harris. And it was. He was. He was done with Pittsburgh. I mean, he had been in the league since, what, 71, 72. And, you know, go figure. Uh, only played six, uh, started six games of the eight. Only ran for 170 yards and no touchdowns. That was the end of his career, though. But he was a Seattle Seahawk. A Pittsburgh Steeler in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. Well, yeah, this one is one I really can't get over. Out of all of them. I still, because I, I didn't understand it. it there, I think, that, I don't remember if there were all versions, but there was a certain version of Tecmo Bowl that actually had Tony Dorsett, if my memory serves me correctly, had Tony Dorsett as the running back for the Denver Broncos. It might have been all of them, actually. I might be thinking about somebody else. He was the running back for the Denver Broncos. I'm like, no, no, no. He plays for Dallas. This has to be a typo. This is a glitch. No, in 1988, Tony Dorsett was traded to Denver. Played his last season there. Now, he probably would have played one more year because the next offseason, if you believe what you read, he tore ligaments in his knee and he had to retire. So that was pretty much it for him anyway. You know, those great Dallas and Pittsburgh rivalries and playing in the Super Bowl and stuff like that. I mean, that was great, but... And, you know, he ended it in Denver, Colorado. Wow. Earl Campbell, a beast of a running back for the Houston, uh, I almost said Texans, Texans, the Houston Oilers, used to be the Houston Oilers, now the Tennessee Titans. His head coach, Bum Phillips, who, Wade Phillips' father, he was the head coach for the Oilers for years. Got fired and ended up um, picking, being, uh, getting the job in New Orleans. And guess who he brought over with him for his last two seasons in 84 and in 85. Midway through 84, 
Campbell was traded away to New Orleans and finished his career there with Bum Phillips. Now, this one also hurt me to my heart. And they even had the football cards that I, I, even though I kept them, I was like, this is, it's just something that doesn't feel right about this. Roger Craig, number 33 with the taped up hands and the high, uh, the high pumping knees, the high stepping knees running through the line. San Francisco 49er running back. He ended up in with the Raiders. With the Raiders. So did Tom Rathman, by the way. And so did Ronnie Lott. That hurt. That hurt. And then I think he ended up with Minnesota in the end. That was just weird. Then there's Jerry Rice, my favorite player all time outside of Randy Moss. Of course, he was with San Francisco. Jerry Rice Day, that was pretty much his last heyday, his last home game, I believe. And off to Oakland, he went. And then to Seattle. Then he signed a one-year deal with the Denver Broncos, where he, he never really he never played uh, for Denver. Um, Jerry Rice should have finished his career in San Francisco, but he he was mm, too proud. And the dude ripped it up in Oakland. They all wanted to stay on the West Coast. I understand that. He ripped it up. In 2002, the the um, look Rick Gannon, Rich excuse me, Rich Gannon who played those years with the Minnesota Vikings, had no idea he even had it in him, won the NFL MVP as the Raiders quarterback in 2002. One of those reasons why is because he had a 40-year-old receiver by the name of Jerry Rice on one side. And Jerry caught 92 passes that year for over 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. And on the other side, don't forget he had another Hall of Fame receiver in Tim Brown who was way past his prime, just like Jerry. But they went to the Super Bowl that year. Losing to Tampa Bay, but they went to the Super Bowl. Another legend, Emmitt Smith. How in the world did you, why did you go to Arizona? Why? 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 All right, Bill Parcells wanted a, a younger running back. You should have just retired, but he wasn't going to do that. He wanted the record. You work for it. Even though I still, to this day, I don't care what you say, Cowboy fans. Emmitt Smith is not, and I love you, Emmitt. He is not the greatest running back of all time, in my opinion. My opinion Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. I mean, this dude did it with very little much in front of him as far as the line. When you retire because you, you're tired that your team uh, sucks, then that that right there is, is grounds to being the greatest, the greatest running back ever. Just like they had, I won't ever say that Calvin Johnson, Megatron's the greatest receiver ever. Don't ask my man, Kurt Steele, Die Hard Den podcast on the Billy Up Sports Network. Uh... I mean, the dude was bad, but when you when when you have this many great players and you know, let me stop. I'm getting off. I'm getting off. But Emmett, you should have retired a cowboy, man. You had no business going to Arizona. That that did not look right. You can't tell me that that was okay. He looked good in those those colors. You can't tell me that at all. This one I forgot about. Buffalo Bills running back Thurman Thomas, four straight Super Bowl. Thurman Thomas, he finished his career with the Miami Dolphins. I, I still, I forgot about that, man. I forgot about it. It was around, what, 2000 or something like that? I, I guess you got to finish. You say you got to start somewhere. You got to finish somewhere. I'd rather have been in Buffalo. That was where he, that's where he belonged. Well, oh, well. I mean, Brett Favre, we already know his story. That's, I mean, Green Bay, the New York Jets, and then going to the rival Minnesota Vikings. Now, I'm, I'm glad he had a pretty good year the next to last year. But still, I mean, Green Bay, man. 
Green Bay, speaking of uh, Aaron Rodgers. And then there's like Deion Sanders. Deion was like the smartest man alive. He goes from being an all-pro cornerback in Atlanta. Signing with the Super Bowl, the eventual Super Bowl champion, San Francisco 49ers in 1994. They won Super Bowl 49. I still have that game on tape. And he looked like a genius switching from San Francisco and then going over to their rival, the Dallas Cowboys, and then winning it again the next year. Do look like a genius. Now, the Washington stuff, I'd rather not even remember that. Daniel Snyder at that point was just desperate and just throwing money at everybody that he could. Y'all remember Bruce Smith, right? Buffalo Bills, Bruce Smith. Yeah, he finished his career in <laughs> in Washington as well. So, I mean, um, and of course, the guy that started it all was Reggie White. But, I mean, I'm just one, maybe it's just me, but I'm okay with seeing him in both the field of I think more of him with Green Bay. I mean, I'm not from Philly. So, he's a, he was drafted. University of Tennessee fan here now, okay? He was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. He established his career with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he won a Super Bowl with the Packers. Not long after this free agency thing started back in 93, the unrestricted free agency as we know it today started in 93. He was one of the first ones to take the bite out of that sandwich. And he was rewarded three years later with a Lombardi trophy, period. I saved these last two. I saved these last two because of my Nashville natives, uh, my Nashville people, they know about Steve McNair and Eddie George. These are two staples and guys that they, they especially the, the original Titans fans, that's, who they, that's all they knew. Steve McNair should never have been in a Baltimore Ravens uniform. It's still taking them to the playoffs, by the way. Still winning games. Steve McNair, they, yeah, they got that cold, hard facts of football when they wouldn't allow Steve McNair into the facility. And he ended up having to go to Baltimore to continue to play football. After taking that team to a Super Bowl and giving his, literally his body to this team, that's just not enough. You can't produce anymore. And I don't want to sound cold, but that's just the cold, hard facts of that. And then there's Eddie George. How many, raise your hand if you remember Eddie George playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eddie George, and he's the TSU, Tennessee State University head football coach now, right here in Nashville. That's great. Um, Yeah, Tennessee Titans thing, that didn't end um, the way you would hope as a fan that it would have ended. But he ended up in Dallas and carrying the ball a couple times for Jerry Jones. And then that was it. That was it. So, yeah, I could go down the list. I got a longer list of names. Um, Andre Reed with the Buffalo Bills. He finished in Washington. Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, St. Louis Rams. Try San Francisco and Jacksonville. I can keep going on and on. You got the recent guys like Jason Witten going to Oakland. Phillip Rivers going from the Chargers to the Colts. A.J. Green is going to be an Arizona Cardinal, along with J.J. Watt after leaving the Bengals. End of the career, twilight. And speaking of the Texans, J.J. Watt, Mark Ingram, all those years in Baltimore. Yeah, your your replacement was drafted last year. My man from Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Now he's with the Houston Texans. 
Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, they flipped teams, Rams and Detroit. So it, you have so many different examples. How about this one? Ryan Fisp? Yeah, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, the dude has almost as many kids as he's had teams. He's been on nine teams. Nine. St. Louis Rams, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, Houston, Texas, the New York Jets, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Miami Dolphins, and now he's with the Washington football team. Yeah, that's a little bit different. He don't count. He don't count at all. All right. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed it. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I got so many notes, man. And I, a lot of this stuff was on an entirely different subject. I'm glad we took it here. This was fun. It was fun researching it. That's why I did it. And look, y'all know where I'm at. Behind the Mic Podcast on the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network, BillyUpSports.com, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tell your friends or I'll find your house out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.